This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and we're here in Rapid City, South Dakota at the Terrasanta Retreat Center. And I have got two awesome guests that are with me today. And I've been talking with Camille Pauly of Healing the Culture. And we're going to bring back in for this last half hour Bridget Blody, who I was talking with earlier, who is a young entrepreneur with an app that's called Fomeno that some of you who are thrifters might want to check out. So Camille and I were just talking about um, their move to, uh, when they moved the ministry and her family Mm -hmm. to Rapid City from Seattle. And I also lived in Seattle, so I can kind of picture that. Yes, I lived in Seattle for five years, worked at up on Pill Hill at yeah. Harborview Medical Center. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when they had all those Capitol riots I, I, on yeah. Capitol Hill, I yeah. could really picture what was going on there. And, and having been back in Seattle last summer for my nephew's wedding, which was mm-hmm. awesome, kind of sad to sad. see the yep. state of the downtown. Yep. You can see what evil does physically. Um, it's... You know, Seattle is so beautiful, and it's yes. kind of not anymore. Yeah, I used to have my favorite little overlook down by the market where you could look over overneath, uh, over the water. And uh, now with the pot law, they're just everybody's yeah. smoking, and you can barely breathe. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, that and, that and you know, is cut off to me. graffiti <laughs> everywhere. We used to not have that. We so prouded ourselves in Seattle on the clean city and how beautiful it was. And now there's graffiti all over the place. But, you know, and I'm, I still miss it, though. Yes, I miss Seattle a lot. A Mostly my friends. But it, the Pacific Northwest and the Puget Sound are beautiful. So beautiful. It'll rise again. It'll yes. rise up again. Yes, It's going to yes. take some time <laughs> to wait for missionaries to move back in and <laughs> <laughs> reclaim it. Yes. And, and meanwhile, Camille, you're enjoying being in Rapid City I and am. the beautiful Black Hills. We are settled here. And uh, we now have an office, a nice big office. It was built out by Mario Rangel of Wrangell Construction. A lot of your listeners have heard his ads and know them, but he did a beautiful job. So we've got a nice big uh, office, a film studio, a 30 by 40 foot film studio Uh, where we will be making movies and kids shows and and, and helpful teaching courses, five minute teaching courses on pro-life. And we'll be reaching out to people um, to, you know, to be in our productions, anybody who's involved in film or anybody who does acting or just wants to be on the set and help out. Uh, you know, let us know. You can get in touch with us at healingtheculture.com, and we would love to have you. We'll be filming this summer a big production for third, fourth, fifth graders. And we're, we are right, um, Mount Rushmore and Katrin, right in that area, there's a orthopedic hospital, and behind that is a, a medical area with an OBGYN clinic. And we're behind that in this little building on the prairie where the... Um, uh, they're called Hanger Prosthetic Limbs Company. We're in that building. We take up half the building. And uh, we invite people to come check us out. Yes, I've got to get yeah. up there, Camille. I want to see your new i, I got to get digs. you out there. It's so yes, much fun. And we're yes. looking for a St. Joseph statue because Mario built this beautiful cove for a St. Joseph statue. And I need a 24-inch oh. St. Joseph statue. So if anybody knows of a really good one, let me know because I'm hunting. We kind of want one where St. Joseph has Mary and she's pregnant. You know, but we'd like something very classic. So, mm. and another thing, Kathy, that I want to mention is that we are hiring to do a shameless little plug there. Oh, feel free. <laughs> we need a full-time marketing specialist. Um, so, if anybody's looking for work in the pro-life movement, gosh, we would love to have you give me a call. 
Yeah, yeah, that'd be wonderful. And again, your your website is healingtheculture.com for you listeners. So check it out. There's so many wonderful resources yeah. that you have there. There are. Amazing there, resources. There are. We have Philo and Sophie. Yes. Philo is a penguin and Sophie is a, a mermaid and they're puppets. And we do um, little shows, TV shows that are quality, you know, they're television quality. They're very good, highly rated, and they're on Formed now. Formed.org. Oh, they are on Formed yep, now. Oh, that's wonderful. There's three episodes on Formed that you can get, and they teach your little ones, kindergarten, you know, yes. three, four, five, six, seven-year-olds, about um, the dignity of human life. They're funny. Yes. Parents will like them, too, and it goes through Father Spitzer's curriculum. So they learn the four levels of happiness and the levels of success, and we apply it to a pro-life theme, and anybody can use it. It's free. And if you go on our website, healingtheculture.com, it takes you 20 seconds to register and you're in, or you can get it on formed, but you won't get the whole series on formed. You have yes. to go to our website and, and register whole... to get all of it, right? Well, you know, Camille, I just love that you are, what you're producing is counterbalancing some of the really awful things yeah. that are indoctrinating our yeah. kids in the schools. We were asked by the superintendent of the Catholic schools in the Seattle Archdiocese to create something for kids oh. because they said the teachers are desperate you know yes. they're, they're looking for media but the media that's out there to show on, on themes that they want to talk about are all co-opted by the other side yeah and uh, on this issue anyway and so we said we need something that you know you do first class stuff but you don't have anything for littles and we thought mm -hmm. we really need to do it we spent two years researching littles and pedagogical methods and what kind of venue what kind of format did we want to use and once we picked video then it was, how are we going to tell this message to little kids? How do you tell the yes. four levels of have? And we came up with song, puppets, actors, uh, animation, and it was amazing, a brilliant confluence of many, many brilliant creative minds to yeah. create that. And I love it. And it's just, I'm it so is so needed. And I think in a way, as Christians, we're maybe behind in this whole world of media. When, when I taught ethics for Regis University, I really longed for some really good ethics videos and I just didn't find them. I even He's talked hard. to Father Tad who's you know in charge of our national bioethics uh, Catholic bioethics and I said oh I was just so excited to see him I'm like what resources do you have that I can use and he's like, uh, we've got some for the bishops, and <laughs> yeah. that's it. Yeah. It's you expensive. Know? It's very expensive very. to produce this stuff. We yes. rely on our donors a lot, and we have some foundations that really support us. But it is, if you want to do it well, yes. it's dang expensive. Yes. And uh, it's also the second problem that we're having is it's hard to get the message out because of um, the silencing. Mm -hmm. You know, we try to advertise mm -hmm. on... Google or you know Facebook or whatever, yes, and, and you, you get, get YouTube, and you get oh you hate or you right right <laughs> well they just they just close you down and so yes. it's been re we have to find tricky ways to advertise what we have, but yes. your average person is going to look up pro life videos for kids well <laughs> and they wonder why aren't there any well because you type that in and your search is you know they block us so we've had to find creative clever ways to to get around to get around and advertise those and to help people see these videos exist. And we now have um, about 5,000 users of our Philo and Sophie program, and over 1,000 of them are school teachers in elementary oh, schools. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah it's very yes. exciting. And my hope is that this, even this little radio message today gets that word out for some of you out there who, who really could use these resources. I hope so. It's yep. wonderful. But Camille. we have stuff for high school kids too yeah. Oh, yes. college, and people can find out more about that on our website. Well, and you, you did a training here at the Newman Center, didn't I you? I did. It was ago. one of our biggest trainings we ever, we've ever done. We had, I think, almost 20 people there, and most of them were guys. 
It was, it was our only pro-life training event where we had almost all guys, and I think there were two or three girls. Yes. And every at other school one. Of kind of, at the School of Mines. <laughs> school <Yeah>. of Mines. <laughs> I was so proud of those men. Oh. Oh. They are I was just heroes. at the Newman Center Mass. I'll tell you, it is impressive. Bridget played for the Newman Center Mass. But, oh, oh you my play the gosh. Piano? What do you play? I play the viola. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit just moving. Boy, do I love that. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And those beautiful young men. Yeah, worshiping the Lord, singing, opening their mouths. You go, God guys. God bless you guys. If any of you guys are listening, become priests. You guys are awesome. But you got to get your degree first. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you. It's wonderful. So um, maybe time to segue into having all three of us talk together about these leaps of faith. So um, anything, Bridget, do you have any, any where you want to start? Anything that... that came to mind as we were talking here oh it's it's very interesting to hear you speak about healing the culture because i feel like a lot of um what's going on right now is really starting to be pushed by my generation um in terms of i don't know like for example the tiktok we were kathy and i were meeting up last week and we were talking about tiktok in the sense of um you know people in their young 20s mid 20s late 20s spend hours a day on this platform and kind of like you were saying it's hard to get our messages out there something i've been kind of convicted of recently is just meeting people where they're at um this past year not just for my business but for just i was very intrigued by how this algorithm works for example like how um, content is pushed out to certain people and like how you can almost hack it in order to get messages out and it's been interesting to understand like there's a desire and i've been very convicted of this especially on this platform there's such a desire for young people to be filled with hope like mm-hmm. hopeful messages and kind of as you were saying that um you I, I don't know trying to understand how to convey that message but um I've, I've seen on this platform people long for hope and that like even the slightest hint of it in messages that i get like you'll get 280,000 views. I've had TikToks that have had that many views simply because I just drop little tiny messages of hope. My brother, um, he goes to Notre Dame. He's the funniest kid I know, I swear. And he, you know, he, he brings this hopeful message to, he, we just do it for fun and just kind of because this platform intrigues us and everybody our age is on it. Um, but he's, he's posted these videos that have gotten millions of views. And it's because he brings hopeful messages that are funny and he just meets people where they're at. And it's kind of like encountering this culture in just a unique way. People are so attracted to it. And so it's very cool to hear what you're doing in the sense of like even trying to meet these people with where they're at, maybe on that. different yeah. mediums. Did you talk already before I came in today about Blessed Carlo? How do you say his last name? Oh, like, no. You didn't talk about him at all? <laughs> he needs to be your patron saint. Right? Because he was, that's what he did. He was, on the, uh, he was online all the time sharing the Eucharistic miracles. Wow. And he limited himself to being online on the internet. I think it was one hour a week. Mm-hmm. And he got all this done in one hour a week because he didn't want to get sucked in. Oh, my right? gosh. Yes. So he found out how to use the internet to his benefit in a very efficient way. Mm-hmm. It sounds like what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's even something this week that I, I have been off social media, except if I'm going to put something out there. Because you do need some blinders up because there's so much, honestly, trash that's yes. out there. Yeah. So it's like finding that balance of how can I put out good but not like get too sucked into what is yes. going on around me. Yes. 
Um, if you're a parent listening, what I encourage you to do <laughs> is get a picture of Blessed Carlo and put it up, a little one, and put it up on the screen of the computer that your children use and tell them, and put underneath it a sign, one hour a week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Quote, unquote, love, Blessed Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not know that about him, the yeah. one hour a wow. week thing. He's, yeah. he's amazing. That is, that is really that is really, really intriguing. Mm-hmm. I meet a lot of girls who tell me that he is their spiritual boyfriend. Wow. Okay. <laughs> too funny. Too funny. Nice. Love it. Love it. But to back to what you were saying, Bridget, you just have to kind of, you have to bookend it, mm-hmm. don't you? You have to yeah, put those boundaries mm-hmm. down. Absolutely. Because it is developed to suck you into it and to have you engage for, sure. for hours and hours. Yes. It can be a huge time waster. Anyway, stay with us and we will have more conversations about taking a leap and all that it entails when we come back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo De Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Faith as the seed of life. The Lord uses the image of the mustard seed as being the smallest of all grains or seeds, out of which in the end a tree will grow in which all the birds of the air will be able to nest. The mustard seed comprises, on the one hand, smallness, wherein I am wretched, but at the same time the potential for growth. In that way, there is in this mustard seed a profound depiction of faith. Faith is seen thereby not as the mere acceptance of certain propositions, but as the seed of life within me. I am only a true believer if faith is present within me as a living seed from which something is growing and which then truly changes my world and in doing so brings something new into the world as a whole. The experiment of life can only become clear for me if I truly give myself up to the will of God so far as He has made it known to me. Sometimes precisely by the breadth of our vision in that we can see so many glimpses of divine reason in reality, this really does add breadth and scope to our image of God and we stand before Him with greater reverence and even with humility and awe. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. This is Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here in Rapid City at Terra Sancta Retreat Center, and we are Fan in the Flames today, and our topic is taking a leap of faith. Um, so I have two guests, and we're just having our little kind of roundtable discussion here at the end. So I'm here with Bridget Plody, who's a young entrepreneur, and Camille Pauly, who's a middle-aged 
middle-aged person in charge of an awesome ministry. I don't know. You're probably not middle-aged yet, are you? I don't oh. know what that cutoff is. Oh, I'm in my 50s, in my young 50s. Oh, okay. I was guessing 40s, so oh, wow. I, I thought we had 20s, 40s, and 60s. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> and you all listeners, I'm sure you thought I was 40, right? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not very good at math. I could be 40. I, I just don't know. <laughs> well, I think it worked out great to have three of us at very different phases of life also here talking about these leaps of faith because you know they keep coming you know I think when you're on this path with the Lord here I am at 65 I should be retiring like a lot of my friends have um, and I don't feel like it at all I'm ready for the next adventure which listeners uh, my next adventure is I'm starting a ministry uh, retreat ministry um, inspirational speaking and I'm going to continue doing spiritual direction, and it is called Fanning the Flames. And you can find me at fanningtheflamesministry at gmail.com. So um, in a new a new venture. Um, I'm sad to leave RPR, but I think I will always be with RPR. Uh, Heather has been so wonderful, actually, to give me this time with this last show I get to do today, which is just a pure joy. And I trust that I will be on in the future just in a little bit. I just won't be leading the charge, which is fine with me. It'll be great to be a guest mm-hmm. on down the line. And we get to hear all about you. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Well, you, you've heard a bit about me. I always intersperse a little here yeah, and do. there. You do. So we thought it would be fun to talk about relationships and taking the leap in relationships. So I, I want to pass the baton to Camille Pauly, who mentioned to you listeners that um, she met, she married at 38, right? I did. <clears throat> I was 38 yes. years old. And, um, you know, I, I really thought when I met Father Spitzer that that was going to be my life. You know, I, I was called to the single life, and that would be my vocation. And I loved it. Like I said, I was traveling everywhere and really enjoying the, the knowledge that I was making a difference. Yeah. But I kept dating. You know, <laughs> which should have told me something, but I'm like, no, no, I'm called to the single vocation. Oh, hello. Who are you? you know? <laughs> You're cute. I kept dating, yes. But it was always kind of shallow dating. Very good men. You know, I dated very, very good men, but my, my dating was shallow. It was, you know, it didn't last very long. And I probably dated about 25 guys before I met my husband. And I had some tragedies in there, you know, kind of mixed in and some traumas mixed in. And it got to the point where I got really angry. And I, 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 I had met a man that I thought I was going to marry near the end of this. I started feeling like maybe I was called to marriage. And he told me he was flying to Seattle to tell me something important. And I thought, here it comes. This is right, it. it. He's going to kneel. <laughs> right. And he flew to Seattle to break up with me. Oh. And I was just like, what? You dirty rat. You know? <laughs> I was so mad. And it was right when I was grieving that loss that I met Michael, Michael. Michael Polly. Yep. Wow. I met him at a friend's house. And um, it, it was kind of my I hate all men stage right there. So <laughs> I didn't really give him much attention. <laughs> that probably worked. <laughs> I wonder. Because he said he was taken, you know, at that moment. And it, he worked hard. He was living in Alaska. I was living in Seattle. He had to do a lot of flying. That's a three and a half hour flight. Yes. But he wooed me and I was smitten too. And it didn't take him long. <laughs> yeah. So I took that leap to faith to marriage at 38 years old when I thought I would be single my whole life. And thank 
God, he stepped in when he did. Yes, and you have your two beautiful girls. Yes. <laughs> yes. Juliet just turned 13. We have a teenager Oh, my now. gosh. Yeah. Oh, that is wild. It. That's wild. And Bridget, you are engaged. I am. Yes. Yeah. So tell us about Brady. <laughs> yes, Brady is my fiance. Um, we met in college. So I roomed with swimmers, um, or a few of my roommates were swimmers, and he was a collegiate swimmer. So that's kind of how our paths primarily intersected um we he was actually the only person i knew my freshman year of college who was catholic at my university who was involved in athletics um so i would see him at mass all the time i was like who is this really cute guy and then i was kind (laughs) of intersected with him um through my roommates but primarily we were just really good friends to start um i i think somewhere along freshman year i mean he would always bring me to mass like it was kind of just something we did together because um he was the only person that I knew, like I said, who was going. So it was just, it started off as a friendship, and then I started to catch feelings for him. Um, I remember my sophomore year of college, I told him that after a while of, you know, dating other people and constantly, honestly, comparing them to Brady, just being like, I, I just long for a friendship with a partner like I have with this man. Um, I told him that I had feelings for him, and he was like, oh, my goodness, Bridget, I appreciate that so much, but you're like a sister to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got a sewing and a miss. Anyway, I, I, it was honestly it was a it was a painful sort of rejection in the way that someone who I was so close with and um, valued so much. Honestly, the the person I had envisioned the most as someone I was I would want to marry yeah. um, didn't feel the same way. And so there was something kind of painful about that, but also something beautiful in the sense that that experience really united me with um, the love of God. And that he would never reject me or he would never, you know, um, he would, he was always going to love me no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that was just a very beautiful, honestly, year of trying to navigate, okay, this friendship with this guy, putting up boundaries in a way where I was protecting and guarding my heart, but mm-hmm. still, you know, but still open. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's still finding, you know, he was someone I really leaned on in the Catholic faith and someone who, you know, we're, we're living the college athlete lifestyle but still you know grounded in christ he was someone who was walking with me in that journey so a year later to the exact date um he you know we had this conversation where he's like hey i i have to talk to you um over the last year i've really started to develop feelings for you and um so i don't know it's kind of funny that the way god works but yeah to the exact date a year later we ended up starting dating and it's been a couple of years now, and we're getting married. So, <laughs> and he is an awesome guy. He's he just great. he fits into the family so well. He and does. I feel like we all are just welcoming him in. Yes. So I hope he feels very at home with our very crazy family. He's, he's, <laughs> he's great. Yes, he's very yes. patient. And yes. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I remember just seeing him at the turkey trot this year. Oh yeah, he, he was with Johnny, and you know, I, it just was like he already is a member of your family which it just seems very, very sweet. Yes. But I, Bridget, I'm really glad you shared that because I think in in our love lives, it can be so difficult mm-hmm. and those rejections, and Camille, you alluded mm-hmm. to it too. There are, there's a lot of heartache and heartbreak along the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, but if we stay constant to who God has ordained for us, yeah. um, and, and for me, I've been waiting 65 years. No, I've been waiting <laughs> 65 years, <laughs> but... And and I still believe there is a man of God out there. I've always prayed for a man of strong faith. And granted, that kind of uh, that kind of limits my pool a bit. <laughs> but 
but uh, yeah. God can do all things. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, yes. yeah. So, um, anyway, listeners, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to North Dakota now and hear what's coming up. But stay with us here on Real Presence Live, and we will wrap it up on taking the leap of faith. And I hope you've come alongside us to think about your own leap of faith today. So stay with us, and we are going to go to North Dakota to Rachel. Rachel, what do we got coming up? Coming up on the next Real Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Janine Bitson and Teresa Curley are your hosts, coming to you live from the Fargo studio. They'll be speaking with Jeff Bates about how you can turn the winter blues into a practice of trust. And Deacon Glenn Ritter will be sharing about his vocation as a deacon and an NFP-only doctor. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. All right. Thank you, uh, listeners, for being with us today. I hope you are. You will go out and fan those flames. And um, I just would like to, Camille, would you share the website once again where they can find Healing the Culture yes. and all the wonderful resources you have? Yes. Healingtheculture.com is our website. And you can find anything for any age group on Pro-Life there. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. been great having you oh, on today. You. And I can't wait. I'm coming up to see that office. Yay, do come. <laughs> <laughs> and Bridget, yes. your app. Yes, it's called oh. Fomeno, F-O-M-E-N-O. It's currently only on the U.S. iOS app store. Um, but we have plans to grow and obviously make some major improvements because we've only been out for about a month and a half right now. So we've got a long way to go, but we've taken a lot of leaps to get here. So... Yes, yes. So, yeah. and they've been fun, haven't they? Have they? Been These fun. leaps of faith. It's been an amazing adventure with mm-hmm. the Lord. Yep. And continues to be. Not Absolutely. has been. It's it's ongoing, that is for sure. That is for sure. People sometimes think it's so boring to walk with the Lord. And I'm like, boy, oh, they boy. do not know him. Being a Christian <laughs> is, is not so, boring. <laughs> so exciting. Oh, not when you embrace yes. it fully. Yes. And I thought, listeners, I would leave you with uh, words from St. Edith Stein. Um, so this is a prayer from her. Uh, Fill my soul with courage. Oh, my God. Fill my soul with holy joy, courage, and strength to serve you. Enkindle your love in me, and then walk with me along the next stretch of road before me. I do not see very far ahead, but when I have arrived where the horizon now closes down, a new prospect will open before me, and I shall meet it with peace. So I just want to pray in addition to that beautiful prayer of Edith Stein, listeners, I just want to pray for all of you. Uh, may God be with you in a special way um, on your journey of this day. Uh, may you may you be blessed by your work, by your leisure, and may the love of the Lord, may you share that with everyone you encounter. This is Kathleen Kavorik with Real Presence Live, signing off. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.